Hi, I'm Katie, and I've been an educator for over 20 years, from paraprofessional to 10 years as a classroom teacher, to principal to district administrator, I've done it all. Being an educator right now is challenging, to say the least. No matter the role, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and stressed out. I've been there, and I found the secret to a work-life balance that improved my life. Join me in discovering simple secrets that will help you step away from the noise and improve your life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I wanted to share with you today something that, uh, a situation that occurred the other day that really got me thinking about this idea of mindset. And what it really stemmed from is a conversation that I had with an administrator and also a post from a teacher I saw on social media. And both of them were around the experience that we're having right now with these uh, more extreme student behaviors and what we're seeing as the continued impact that I believe COVID is still having on our schools. So even though what appears to be we're, that is, uh, is something that we're over right now, in fact, we're still seeing repercussions. And I, I know a lot of you that are in the classroom now, right now are shaking your head and going, yeah, no kidding. We're seeing this right now. Whether that is an elementary school teacher that's seeing extreme um, behavior outbursts from, from our elementary school students, um, our middle schools and secondary schools are seeing increased um, suicide ideation and... Um, more drug use, uh, more weapons violations. These are the things that I'm hearing are going on. Uh, and there was a teacher that I saw, I believe on TikTok the other day, who actually gave some statistics around this. And I know that I'm also seeing a lot on social media and hearing also from the people that I'm working with, what an impact this is having on teachers. And so here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want, as we talk about mindset, for you to think, oh, Katie, you have no clue. How can we possibly just, you know, change our minds and suddenly just embrace and be happy about the things that are happening in our classrooms right now? And in fact, Carol Dweck, who is the author and the uh, researcher who is behind that whole growth and fixed mindset work that has been appearing in education, oh, at least for the last five to seven years. She actually did some further studies on false growth mindset. And what she found was there were people that were using this idea of growth mindset, but instead of in the way that she intended, more of that rainbow and butterfly and we can just rose-colored glasses our way into feeling better. And that is really not what I mean at all. What I mean when I think about growth versus fixed mindsets, especially where we are right now with our students and the things that, that are going on in our schools right now beyond uh, student behavior, you know, depending on the state that you, you teach in, you could be seeing some other things happening in education that are making it harder for you to do your job. So really what I'm talking about with this mindset work is asking myself some questions 
that really gets to the root of how I'm thinking right now. And so I was on a call with a coach uh, in a different setting the other day. This is not somebody who comes from the education world. Um, and he was talking about this idea of growth versus fixed mindset. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's been in education for a while now. So I'm super familiar. Uh, and, you know, I know that I can identify when I'm in a growth or a fixed mindset, which, which is part of it, that um, awareness helps us a lot uh, as we're moving forward in our work to try to live a more joyful life and still be an amazing educator. So really, a couple of the things that he said really resonated with me. And I went, oh, wow, that could be it right there. That could be some of the work that as educators, we can be asking ourselves to see if we're kind of putting ourselves in this more fixed mindset, which often has a more negative feeling to it, a more negative outcome. So I wanted to share just what these questions were and maybe break each one down and give you some examples that I really thought about as, as he was asking these questions. So the first question that he asked is, do you focus on what you can control or what you can't control? And I thought, oh, yes, that one is one I have been working with. I've been working with that one, again, for a good um, maybe 10 years almost uh, in the work that I do, even looking at student data and what I'm doing uh, as an educator, whether it was in my classroom or as a principal or now as a director. It's like, what are the things that I can control, right? So uh, I can't necessarily control a student's home life. I can't control a worldwide pandemic. I can't control the repercussions of a worldwide pandemic. But what can I control? I can control how I'm going to show up every single day for my students and my staff. I can control what I want to make things mean. Uh, and that is kind of leading into the second question, which is, do you focus on what excites you or do you focus on what displeases you or what you fear? So again, that comes back to that question, what am I making this mean? Am I making the student behavior mean that there's something wrong with me because I don't know what to do with it because my bag of tricks that I have collected as a teacher don't seem to be working. The typical things that I would do aren't seeming to have the same impact as they had before. And that can result in frustration, right? Especially in a veteran teacher, <laughs> there are those of you listening that have been, and people I work with, that have been teaching a really long time and are suddenly finding that, wow, you know, I had good classroom management. I was able to get kids learning. I was able to decrease disruptions because I had a good perky pace going. Um, I had meaningful work for my students to do. And I still plan that way. And yet, I am not seeing the effectiveness of those things for some of my students who, who are misbehaving. And that can feel hard and that can feel frustrating. And so that brings me to the third question, which is, 
Do you focus on what you have or what you're missing? And that I was thinking about in two ways. So when he first said that, I was like, wow, right? So that that is that gratefulness piece, focusing on what I have in life. You know, I have a stable job. I have a loving family. I have a career that I really have worked hard for and I'm in a place in my career that I'm proud of versus what I'm missing, like what I haven't figured out yet. Um, Maybe I haven't figured out yet this new behavior I'm seeing in my classroom. I haven't figured out yet some new maybe initiatives or ways to think differently about my practice that administrators are bringing forward and and offering for me to try. Um, And that can feel hard. That can feel uh, heavy. It can feel like we're not being honored for where we are now. But then I started thinking a little bit more about that. I'm like, okay, so how can I take that back to that growth mindset? So not the fixed mindset that, hey, I'm I'm as good as I am right now and you should be happy for that versus what can I learn from this? What are What is happening right now that for me can be a further growth? That if I looked at this differently, like student behavior in the year 2023, student behavior might mean something different than it did before. It might mean a different skill kids are lacking than they lacked before. And it could be a result of something that I might not be able to control. Could be things are still happening at home that are making it harder for students to regulate at school. It could be that we do have a group of students well, all students, if you think about it, except for maybe our kinders and first graders, that were separated from their social group. So they now are having a harder time coming back and reintegrating into those social groups. So how do I then, as a classroom teacher, as a principal, as a director, think about student behavior now in 2023? And think about what of this can I control? So I can control how I show up when behavior happens. I can control how I plan and think ahead. Like what do I know I know already? And how can I plan for that? What do I think I might know that I could plan for? And then what are those things that are like... um, I think Doug Reeves calls it the unknown unknowns that we just don't even have a clue that we don't know this yet. And yet it happens in our classrooms. And so when these major unexpected things happen in our classroom, how can I maybe plan if something totally unexpected happens, what could I do next? And so that again, takes us back to that growth mindset because we're getting curious We're becoming that scientist instead of that judge. Because a lot of times, fixed mindset lives in that judgment land. Like, students should, their parents should, my administrator should. Kind of that land of the should. And sometimes, deep down inside, 
It's even, I should, right? I should be able to, you know, I have been teaching for 20 years, for 30 years, for five years, for 10 years. So by this point in my journey, I should be able to. And right now, I'm going to tell you in 2023, this is something we've never experienced before. Every generation has had it, right? We've always had change in education, change in um, societal norms, but they have been more gradual than what we've experienced through the pandemic. They have been more predictable, maybe. Um, I, I can tell you when I was in the classroom, uh, and we were seeing more smart, you know, smartphones became a thing when I was in the classroom. So yes, cell phones were um, present when I started teaching, uh, but they were not what they are now. So as, um, you know, Androids and iPhones became more sophisticated and could do more things, um, as even video games became more um, involved and tended to grab our kids more into it, became more socially acceptable that kids could kind of have consoles in their room and parents weren't always aware of what they were playing. And we could say, okay, so we can see the impact of these video games on our kids. So that was kind of a known known. Then we could plan for it. How do we change our instruction to make it more engaging? How do we use more technology to make it more engaging. And it was more of a gradual thing. It wasn't the sudden overnight that we, I really feel that this, and that I will tell you the data that this teacher brought the other day, um, really kind of illustrated the, the incredible increase in extreme behavior we're seeing post pandemic. So post pandemic is an immediate thing. Like we didn't gradual our way into what we're seeing now with students. Basically, it's been, they've come back to school and whoa, behavior has really changed. So in order for us to not focus on what we fear about that or what we dislike about that, can we focus on what could be exciting about that as far as what we have to learn? Again, I am not saying this behavior is exciting or that we're going to turn our mindset to not be frustrated when these things happen, to not be concerned when these things happen, but to find that growth mindset in it. Like, let's get curious. What could we do? What could we do with the behaviors that we're seeing in whatever grade that we teach? What could we do to support our students? Now, I'm going to tell you, that I also understand there's a difference between a second grader running around a classroom or a kindergartner running out of the classroom and a high school student showing up on under the influence of alcohol or drugs or being caught selling or distributing these things on campus. But what I think about is it does come back a little bit to understanding empathy you know, our, our students are going through some things right now that we might not be able to relate to. It might be a, even a different experience than we've had through the pandemic. And yet we have to deal with it in our classrooms right now. And if we are going to focus on what we're missing, like we miss the days when we could have a well-regulated classroom, we miss the days um, when it w we were only worried about how many video games our kids were watching. 
if we really focus on that, it is going to feel heavy. It's going to feel hard. It might even feel insurmountable. And you're thinking, why am I even doing this job? And that's where our frustration and our negative energy translates back into the classroom and to some extent is going to have an impact on our classroom. It is. We cannot pretend that we can shut off who we are as humans when we teach. Now, is there a little bit of acting in teaching? Absolutely. I believe there is. There are some days where it's like, I came to school, I had had a rough morning with my own kids, and I did need to set that aside to teach uh, and get myself into focusing on my kiddos and, and what I loved about teaching in front of me and deal with the home stuff at home. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But what I am saying is when school is the frustration, when work is the frustration, it is very hard to hide that in the classroom. And so we have to realize that in ourselves. We have to be aware of the impact that has on us and think about, okay, so now how do I have more of that growth mindset? And it could be, it could be as simple as, of course, I'm feeling this way right now. Little Johnny just blew out again. Of course, I'm frustrated. And I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to acknowledge that frustration. And then I'm going to think about what can I do next? What can I do to support my student? What can I do to support myself? Maybe I do need a breath. Maybe I do need to stop, count to five, take some breaths. Do I have someone who can come cover for a minute while I do that and regulate myself? So even thinking about how do we regulate ourselves to get more into this mindset that is a more growth focused, is a more curious focused, is a way for us to continue to move forward. So those are the things that I have been thinking about and looking at how do administrators support teachers in this because administrators are also seeing this in students and dealing with whether it is the, the um, behavior consequences, uh, it's the family consequences that happen. How are we supporting? How are we wrapping around? Uh, if we're in a tiered system of support, looking at what do we need to do, adjust in our tier one and our tier twos uh, to really focus on students who need that tier three wraparound care. So it affects all of us. It affects us differently. Teachers are definitely on the front line. Administrators also have to deal with the results of that frontline behavior and then support not only the students and families, but the staff as well. And districts and administrators that work in the district are also supporting those principals and those teachers and looking systemically at what we need to do differently. And so I think it's also easy for us to get in our fixed mindsets about how other people show up uh, and have fixed mindsets about 
well administrators should or teachers should. So when we find ourselves with those thoughts that, well, if they would just, turning it around and saying, okay, I can't control what other people do. I can control what I think and do. So what can I just do right now in this moment to help myself, to help my students, and ultimately to get myself more regulated and feeling like I have control over what's happening in my classroom or in my school or in my district. So focusing on what we have. So whether that is a team of coworkers that support me really well, I can be very grateful for that. I can be grateful if there is some kind of structure in my school, even if it, I don't feel that it's 100% effective right now. Can I be grateful that there is at least something in place that maybe wasn't in place pre-pandemic or five years ago or 10 years ago? What are the things that I can focus on that I have right now as opposed to what I'm missing? I have the ability to figure this out. That could even be the thought, right? Because I also believe everything is figure outable. Thank you, Marie Forleo, for that thought. But everything really is figure outable. Sometimes it takes time and it's not immediate. And we have to learn to be resilient. We have to learn to be flexible. We have to learn to be willing to try different things and ultimately keep going. Because we do in our souls, we do want to do what's best for students. We want to give our all. We want to see them be successful. I have never met an educator that doesn't believe that they can have an impact on students and their learning. There is not a teacher in a classroom that wakes up every day and goes in and says, eh, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that about teachers. I don't believe that about administrators. I don't believe that about anybody who's working in an educational setting. But what I do believe is sometimes we don't know what to do. And when we don't know what to do, we get frustrated, we get angry, and we want other people to fix what we don't feel we can fix on our own. And that's where it starts to get hard. And that's where we need to be aware when we're in those states. Are we using statements that help us move forward? Like, I'm experiencing frustration right now. Instead of, I'm so frustrated and I wish somebody would do something about this. Can we say, I'm experiencing this right now? And I really need to figure out a way for this frustration to diminish. I need to figure out a way to either ask for support or do something differently. I also want to talk about asking for support. So even thinking about how do we ask for support when we're in those situations, because Often, if we're asking for support coming from frustration, 
it is often not perceived in a growth mindset way. It often shuts people down uh, because a lot of times when we ask for support, and I will tell you, I am no different than you are. There are times where I will come at something from frustration, from upset, and I don't ask for help in a way that's productive. And what I sometimes hear myself saying is, I need someone too, right? Like, this is the help I need. Ultimately, what it's coming out as is I am frustrated. I don't know what to do. And I just need somebody to help me. But instead of saying those words, like, I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. And I need a thought partner to help me problem solve this through. It comes out as I need someone too. And you hear how those are different. And you hear how one can be um, approached with more empathy, like, wow, thank you for being transparent. I see you're frustrated. I see you're also willing to help problem solve this. So let me help you and support you in this way. And the other comes across as you're not doing what you need to do for me. And that does tend to shut people down more. So again, if we can come from that more growth mindset, which again is not the rainbow rose-colored glasses, it's coming from that solutions-based, growth-based mindset where we can figure this out and we're not placing blame on other people. We're admitting we don't know what to do with the situation and we need someone to help us problem solve this. So if you can kind of, I want to recap kind of the three questions that you might ask yourself in these situations that can help you uh, be more aware as to whether you're in a more growth mindset or a more fixed mindset. And those three questions are, do you focus on what you can control or what you can't control right now? Do you focus on what excites you or what you dislike or fear? Do you focus on what you have or what you're missing? So see if you can even ask yourself those three questions in, in throughout your day, right? Right now, every time something happens or you're feeling tired or you're feeling depleted, ask yourself, what are you focusing on right now? And how is that having an impact on your life? I hope this conversation has maybe made you think a little bit differently. Again, this is the type of work that I do with my clients uh, where we just look at exposing and kind of shining a light on how we think and how we feel and the impact that has on our actions and the impact that has on our results. Thank you for joining me again today. If you would like to learn more about how to work with me directly and explore some of this in your own life, please visit my website, thejoyfuleducatorllc.com. On there, you can click to find out either more information on how to work with me directly if you're like ready to jump in, 
Or if you're ready to dip your toes into what my work looks like, feel free to click on one of the free resources. I have one on kind of social emotional health, looking at those three pillars of physical, social, and emotional health in people. And that's where the mindset work uh, really is more clearly addressed. But also I have one on the four secrets uh, for every struggling teacher needs. That one's really around time and managing time. Now I'm going to tell you this mindset work in time as well. If you listen to last week's podcast with myself and Christy, you would hear that, yeah, there's a lot of mindset and time as well. But either of those free resources, if you want to kind of dip in and see what I'm all about. Um, otherwise, visit me on thejoyfuleducatorllc.com or come join me next week when we uh, share another podcast together. So again, I'm Katie Barrett. I am so happy that you joined me today and I wish you the most joyful week. Take care.